Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. We have a very, very, very special guest today from West Virginia. As you see on your screen, Madison Jeffrey, a pitcher in the Dodgers organization, joins Dodgers Daily. So, Madison, I'm so excited about this. Welcome in. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so one of the things I'm most excited about, the type of guys that I gravitate towards the most are guys like you, guys that they show confidence and they also have a lot of grit, a lot of mental toughness, and it just really shows out every time you pitch. So I got to ask you, man, where did this grit come from, the blue-collar mentality, just the toughness you pitch with? I know West Virginia, I know where you came from, Ona and all that, but where did all that come from? I think it honestly started early in my high school career. Um, I kind of remember my freshman year, I broke my hand and I had to wear a cast for about four or five weeks. And we were going into our first game of regionals and I took my cast off and that's how bad I wanted to play. I took it off by myself. Um, I mean, sadly, I didn't get to play in the next game or anything and the doctor wasn't really happy with me, but uh, I think that's when I kind of noticed that I kind of had that blue collar mentality. Um, it's just the want to get better, you know? So it's just kind of always been there for me. And I think it's just a natural thing. Um, but honestly, I'm really glad that I have it. No doubt. You got to play for Tracy and George and they are father and son and they won oh, like a thousand games combined, something like that. Just legendary guys. Mm -hmm. You have to be tough. You have to be blue collar. You have to be very competitive to play for those two, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And growing up, I knew both of them pretty well because I was close with their uh, with Coach Bromfield's stepson. So uh, I kind of got a firsthand look at at how they kind of go about things. And one thing I took away from both of them was know when to be laid back, be relaxed and everything, and then know when to kind of flip the switch and, and kind of go on that in that game mode. So. I took a lot, a lot away from those guys, and I'm, I'm really happy that I got to play for both of them. Did you ever get one of the fiery pep talks from, from George? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and it might have been in the, in the fifth inning on the mound, and I might have walked two or three guys, and that's when I kind of got one, and that's when I kind of, kind of realized, all right, this guy means business. So, um, yeah, I got, I got a few of them. Okay, you're the West Virginia Player of the Year your senior year. You grew up about 12 miles from Huntington, which is where Marshall University is located. So I'd imagine you grew up a big Marshall fan, probably a Randy Moss fan back when they turned Division One, right about in the middle of your childhood. So I'm sure they were pulling at you pretty hard. You ended up going to West Virginia. Randy Mazie runs a wonderful program there. Michael Grove went to West Virginia. So I'm sure you were torn in all sorts of different directions. You probably had schools other than those two pulling at you too. So take us through that decision. Yeah, I mean, when it came down to Marshall and West Virginia, that was probably t the toughest decision I had to make. Um, I mean, growing up, I was a Marshall fan. I was literally, I lived 10 minutes off of their campus. So always grew up loving Marshall, loving the green. Um, but as soon as West Virginia reached out to me, man, it was, it was just, it was quick. Everything happened very quick for me. Um, it's just, I saw West Virginia's facilities. I talked to coach Maisie. I talked to coach Sabins. Uh, and at the time I talked to our old pitching coach Serrano. And once I saw the facilities, it was just, it happened in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and the crazy part is, is they saw me on Twitter. West Virginia saw me on Twitter. 
Um, Coach Saban's reached out to me that day when the when the video was posted on Twitter, and uh, I committed two weeks later. Um, but it's funny too. I still remember I had an exit meeting with Coach Maisie after my freshman year, and he asked me. He said, "Now I got to know." He said. Are you still a Marshall fan? And I told him, I said, Coach Mays, I'm still a Marshall fan at heart, man. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just blessed that I had the opportunity to even have, you know, all these schools looking at me. Um, so it was, I think, I think it was the right choice of going to West Virginia and going through that program. Yeah, and they just rebuilt, or not rebuilt, just built a new facility about five or six years ago. And it is absolutely gorgeous. And can you take us through that? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I think it was my sophomore year is when we got our new weight room. Um, and that, to this day, I still think that that weight room is the best weight room I've ever been in in my life. Um, you know, we had the before before the weight room, we had an indoor batting cage in there and then they took everything out, put the uh, put the weight room in there. They put a nutrition station in there. Um, and then what was really cool about the locker room is they made it a circle shape so everybody could see everybody and nobody felt left out like behind the behind a different locker or something um so the culture there is just you know it's family oriented everybody feels like a brother um and i loved it i loved every single second of it well and i'll tell you what getting to watch the west virginia teams i got to see quite a bit you guys came to stillwater then i also got to see you a lot in the big 12 tournament when it was there at the bricktown ballpark in oklahoma city Darius Hill and all those guys, man, I'll tell you what, just when I think of West Virginia baseball, I think of exactly the way that I watch you pitch, just relentless. I mean, just never give up, and it just was always just coming right at you, wasn't it? Right, yeah, and I think I think that kind of blue-collar mentality is also at West Virginia, too. It's definitely in the culture. Coach Maisie has built an awesome culture within the within the program. Um, but I definitely got I got some things that I learned from guys like Darius Hill and then Alec Manoa too. I mean, it's just those two guys in particular. When I was there my freshman year, they just they kind of took everybody under their wing and showed them exactly like what it what it meant to be a Mountaineer and how to play like a Mountaineer too. So it was it was really cool to see, and it's really cool to see now their their progress and then their successes right now. I gotta ask you a question. Did Darius Hill actually ever make it out in college? <laughs> I don't think I ever saw it with I don't my own think eyes. He did, man. I don't think he did. And I think if he did, it was a very rare occasion. It was very rare. <laughs> I think there was like once like he hit a ground ball to shortstop and I'm like, okay, we're finally getting this dude out. And then like the shortstop bobbled it and then the first baseman yeah. couldn't I was like, Well, girl, there goes that chance. We're not getting him yeah. out ever again. <laughs> he was amazing, he was wasn't he? Yeah, if he, even if he hit it to the shortstop, that guy was sprinting down the line. It's just 100% effort at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Michael Grove also went to West Virginia. He did not get to pitch the second half of his sophomore year than any of his junior year because of Tommy John. But do you and Michael talk about your days at West Virginia? Are you guys close? Um, we're, no, we're not. I mean, we're not super close. I've only talked to him a, a handful of times. Um but uh, I'm sure that this year I probably will talk to him a little bit more because West Virginia is actually coming out to Arizona early in February to play uh, University of Arizona. And then I think they're playing the Diamondbacks. They might be playing like a minor league squad or something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really cool. My, my su the summer going into my freshman year, I was up at West Virginia pretty early. 
And uh, he was still there kind of rehabbing and throwing bullpens and stuff before he made his decision on coming to the Dodgers. Um, so I got to see him a little bit and cut, got to see how he, how he worked and everything. And, uh, but no, we're not, we're not super close, but I'm sure that this spring training, I'll get to talk to him a little bit more. I keep screaming from the mountaintops that Michael Grove is quite possibly the most underrated pitcher in all of baseball. That dude's stuff is just his, his curveball and the fastball right. with the movement on it. He's, he's totally legit. Hey, let's talk about your draft day. I know it was really cool for you. I know you kind of had a ballpark area where you thought you would be but as the time went on you're like well okay you start not trusting any of the process as yeah. the, as the day goes on you know i you know you weren't first day so take us through that whole process and how it became nerve-wracking for you and how it all went down yeah um i mean i kind of knew that i wasn't going to go first day um but you know i kind of fed into the to the norm of you know middle of the season i get caught up in the looking at the mock drafts and everything. And it had me anywhere from from the third round to the eighth round. And uh, once once that second day rolled around, I started getting a little nervous once we passed about the fifth round. Um, but then I started getting calls from agents or getting calls from, from some other teams. Um, and the Dodgers, John Atkins actually called and said, look, like, we want you. We want to take you. Uh, we don't know when it's going to be, but um, – you know, kind of stay on your toes a little bit. Um, third day rolled around, and that's when the nerves were rolling, man. It it was rolling because, yeah. I mean, coming from a coming from that small town in Barbersville, yeah. West Virginia, man, you, you don't think that anybody's really going to make it out. Um, so I kind of I kind of fell into that trap too of thinking, all right, this might not happen. I might have to go back to school. Um, and then I was sitting there, we were watching the TV, round 15 rolled around, Dodgers pick came up, and next thing you know, they said my name, and it was like the weight of the world was off my shoulders, man. It was it was very nerve-wracking, And but uh, once I got to talk to Paul Murphy after they called my name and everything, everything settled down for me, and I was just ready to go to work. You played in the MLB Draft League, league I guess is what you call it, the summer before you got drafted. I'm not familiar with that league. Can you take us through that and your experience in that league? Yeah, it was actually pretty cool because the uh, when I played in it, it was the first year that that, that, that league has ever been a thing. Um, so what they did is they took like all the all the teams that got cut due to COVID. So it was like the it was like the short season teams and some of the small rookie teams uh, that got cut during COVID and they they, they kind of like I wouldn't say rebranded the teams at all, but, you know, they kind of – they took these teams, made them into a league, and um, it kind of took you through, like, what a minor league season was kind of going to look like. Um, obviously, it wasn't like the 150-some games or anything like that. But, um, you know, you were in a locker room setting like a minor league team. You were with a team. Um, and, I mean, you had scouts all over the place at every single game watching what you did. Um, but it was just a really good experience to get your draft stock up. And that's what, that's what, that's what their goal was. It was to, you know, up your draft stock and everything. And it was a cool experience to meet a lot of guys. It was cool to see a lot of the guys actually get picked up by teams and really cool to see how the draft league actually worked. And I don't think, or I think that that league can only get better from, from then on, um, 
and it was really cool too. Michael Hobbs, I got to I got yeah. to play with him. He was on the same exact team. Um, I know another guy, Garrett Spain. He was on our team. He's now with the uh, with the Blue Jays. So it's just it was really cool to see their goal actually pan out to the way they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. And they even had I think every coach was a ex MLB player. So our head wow. coach was Jed Jericho. So um, our head coach is Jed Jericho. And then I know one of the other teams, one of their coaches was Coco Crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, it was really cool to see all these guys come in and it was really cool to take all the information, you know, from these guys. And I, I can't say enough good things about it. It was, it was a great summer for sure. Old Jed, West Virginia boy. And yeah, well, he loves to hunt. Did he take you hunting? Did he show? Did he show you any of his hunting spots? Uh, no, not really. Um, but I learned a lot of things <laughs> off the baseball field from him. So, just a great, great guy in general. Great guy in general. Kind of, you know, he kind of showed me how to kind of relax. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm always. 100% go, oh, yeah. go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was definitely a big help in that too. And, um, but yeah, it was just, it was a great experience for sure. He's amazing to watch because like you talk to him like, oh, a minute and a half before he goes up for a really big at bat and he's just joking around and talking about how he's going to go hunting the next week. And then it's like he flips a switch and you're like, holy cow, this is a totally different guy than he was 45 seconds ago. It was amazing. Exactly. Exactly. The way, yeah. The way he was able to do that. Okay, so let's get to your stuff. The fastball, the slider, the cutter. The cutter was hitting 92 last year. When you can hit 92 with a cutter, that's pretty darn good. So tell us where your stuff's at right now and where it's headed into the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, coming from the beginning of spring training last year, my stuff was not there. Uh, It was not there. The command was not there. I was just – I was trying to – I was trying to perfect myself um, and I was trying to fit the professionalism, if that makes any sense. Um, I wasn't being me at the beginning of spring training. And, you know, that's when I kind of remembered, you know, they didn't draft me for to look professional. They drafted me for me. So uh, I was in extended for about four days. I threw in one extended game. And then the next, you know, I'm in Rancho. Once I got to Rancho, man, my it, that switch flipped pretty quick. Mm. Uh, I got under the belt of shoe under the belt of, of Duran and Troncoso. Um, and my stuff went from here to here, man. Like I was super confident in everything. Um, but this year, yeah, I ran my fastball up to a hundred. Um, oh, really? up to 92. Yeah. I was, I was up to hundred in my, my fourth or my fifth game. I believe that I threw in, um, I did Still not know that. Wow. Yeah. I, I During spring training, I was around 95, 97. Um, and then in a couple summer college summer leagues, I was up to 99, but I could never hit that one mile per hour more. Could never um, see the zero. Huh? Yeah, the, <laughs> I could never see the zero. And, you know, I've been going after it for three years. Oh, yeah. Um, and if that's not a testament to the Dodgers development system, I don't know what is, man. They – they do some crazy things for you, but uh, but yeah, the stuff this year. My slider was a big end zone pitch for me. Um, I was never afraid to throw it in an 0-0 count, 0-1 count, 
And there was a couple at bats I threw it in a three, two count just cause I was super comfortable with it. Um, and then the cutter, that's a big pitch that I throw to the lefties, uh, kind of get them off the plate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the fastball obviously can be, can be a little wild at times. Um, but that's one thing this off season that I have been just grinding away at, man. Um, been throwing the command balls, been trying some different, some different things, some different variabilities and throwing. Um, and the one thing that I'm taking away from this off season is how to be athletic when, when I'm throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, so putting myself in different, different movements, you know, throwing really open, throwing really close, throwing like I'm Derek Jeter. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really thinking that being able to throw in, in uncomfortable situations is eventually going to make me pretty comfortable and get me some, get me some feel on the mound for my fastball and everything. So. Um, I'm very confident in my stuff right now, man. It's, I'm just super excited for season and kind of see how, you know, me grinding away at this command stuff this off season, I I'm, I'm just really excited to see how it pans out for this year. Yeah. You mentioned the stuff and, and have you ever had that moment? You know, you kind of mentioned how, you know, sometimes when you get into professional ball, maybe you try to do a little bit too much and you just come to the realization that, Hey, I'm good enough to be here. They drafted me for a reason. Did you have that one particular uh, particular eureka moment, is what I call it, where you go, you know what, you're standing there and you go, what, I'm good enough to be here, so I'm just going to do what I do. Have you had that moment? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I've had that moment probably two or three times. I mean, it's super hard not to, not to look at somebody else when they're on the mound and be like, all right, like I don't know if I can do what they can do. But uh, everybody's different. Everybody has their different roles and everything. Um, and I had that moment. During spring training, I was talking to one of our pitching guys, Sean Coyne. Um, I, I had a really bad outing the day before. The next day, he brought me into the meeting room, and we sat there and talked. And he goes, look, dude, he said, you're trying to be somebody you're not. And I was like, you hit the nail on the head, man. You hit the nail on the head. And he said, dude, we drafted you for you. We drafted you for that crazy you know, yeah. dog mentality on the mound. Um and then that that next, I think three days later, I pitched against the White Sox, and it was three up, three down, three Ks or two Ks and one ground out. So, you know, I've had that moment multiple times, but um, I'm kind of learning how to deal with it and learn how to get through that. So, yeah, as competitive as you are, do you ever find yourself trying to strike everybody out sometimes, and, it, and you just kind of stop and go, yeah. you know what, dude, just throw strikes and we're gonna get out? So do, do you ever find yourself yep. thinking that way? Yep, yep. And even when when Gator was behind me all year this year, you know, I'd kind of look back at him and he'd give me one of these and I'm like, <laughs> all right, like I, I, I should calm down a little bit. But uh no, I kinda keep that I keep that, that fire lit underneath of me, man, even if it's even if it's just off the field in the weight room, um, playing catch, just I kinda always have that fire lit underneath oh, of yeah. me. So uh it's it's a good thing to have. You know, as in the coaching ranks, we always talk about how it's easier to slow somebody down than it is to speed them up, which is true. But right. I tell you what, when you have bulldogs like you on a bump, you know, sometimes sometimes getting that thing to slow down a little bit can be the hardest thing to do. But, uh, you, you yeah. know, very, very, very competitive. Okay, i got to ask you, had you ever been to California before? No. Whenever you hit Rancho? I've never been to California. It was completely different. Gosh, yeah, even so- Arizona, man. 
being out in Arizona and California is just completely different than back home. Do you ever stand there and look at the mountains and go, holy cow, am I really doing this right now? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It, I think it kind of hit me when I was in, I think it was my first, it was my first week in Rancho because when I went, when I first started with Rancho, I started in Modesto with them. Um, mm. So we were on an away series. And That's a cool ballpark back. too, isn't it? Yeah, it Modesto, is. It yeah. is. Yeah. And then I came back and I think it was the first game and I was like, I was in the dugout for the first couple innings before I went down to the pen. And in, in Rancho, you can kind of see the mountains over uh, center field and right field. And I was like, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm here. I, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of a minor league baseball game for the Dodgers mm. in the middle of California, somewhere I've never been before. Um, but yeah, I, I catch, I catch those moments all the time, especially when I'm out here in Arizona. Um, but it's definitely a good feeling. It's definitely a really good feeling to have. Okay, next question. And I asked this of any player or coach who's ever coached underneath shoe or played for shoe. Have you ever seen him out of uniform? No, never <laughs> seen that guy out of uniform. I've tried to beat that guy to the field so many times, and it's just I, I never win. I never win. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, 6 o'clock in the morning, he's in uniform. 11 o'clock at night, I, yeah. I've talked to guys, and it's like just – Uniform all the way through. It doesn't matter what time of the day, what the situation is. He's in uniform. Most professional yep. person you'll ever meet, isn't he? Yeah, I I can't say enough good things about that guy. Um, he he shows the true like Dodger culture, um, and he, and like you said, he shows what it means to be a professional. Um, his preparedness and everything that he does is insane to me. Um, but, you know, that's one thing I kind of take away from him. Um, and it's not only how to be, you know, how to show Dodger, Dodger culture. Um, he really puts an emphasis on how to be a good man on and off the field. Um, and that's just one thing, you know, that, that really touches me from him. So can't say enough good things about that guy. You mentioned some of the right. goals you had going into your off season. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what your specific routine has been to this point, what it's going to be going into spring training? Um, kind of, you know, the same thing that, that I've had, you know, over the past couple of years. Um, you know, I, I love sticking to my own routine. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to adapt to, to some changes, and I'm totally okay with that. Um, but, yeah, the – the goal going into this offseason was to find command on my fastball. Um, I know my stuff's there for sure. My stuff can play. Um, but finding that command and, you know, taking that taking that walk rate down a good bit is going to be huge for me. Um, so going into this spring training, you know, kind of kind of just trust myself, man. Trust that I've, I've worked my tail off this offseason with the command and in the weight room and everything. Um and just kind of, you know, see how it plays out and just keep grinding away, man. That's that's all there is to it. You just got to keep – you got to keep going. No doubt about it. Okay, so you spent all last year with Rancho. More than likely you'll start this year with Great Lakes, hopefully sometime in August around that part of the year. They'll move you up to Tulsa, and I'll get a chance to look at you there at, at One Oak Field in beautiful downtown Tulsa. So do you have any specific goals as far as maybe a statistical – measure for this next year in terms of the type of numbers you want or, or mentality? Do you have any goals going into next year? 
Um, <laughs> definitely the walks. Keep the walks mm-hmm. down. Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, a testament to the, to the work that I've put in over the offseason with command and all that stuff. Um, but kind of just keep that same mentality. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to go away for me because I'm a very competitive person. Um, but honestly, find the zone and just compete. Um, get out, get that guy at the plate out. And that, that's about it, man. I, I don't like worrying about numbers or anything like that. I'm not that type of guy. Um, just really worried about getting that guy at the plate out. Yeah, my neck of the woods, they call that, you know, the saying for that is, you can take the dog out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the dog, you know? So exactly. there's yeah. just no way to do that. Okay, your blue-collar mentality, your toughness, the bulldog mentality that you pitch with, the, the just supreme competitiveness and confidence that you pitch with what is your message for kids you know obviously being baseball is a game of failure you have to have that type of mentality and that type of confidence so for all the kids that that are trying to develop that same type of mentality how do you get there you know i i love the saying be comfortable being uncomfortable um i think i kind of got that from my old pitching coach back home um and I've kind of lived by that, man. Like, you're going to be put into some situations that you're just totally not – you think you're not ready for or you think you're not good enough for it. Um, but I love being in the situations that I know that I'm uncomfortable. Um, that kind of makes you – kind of makes you fight through the men, like the mental block and uh, some bad mental things. Um, and then, you know, just be – be coachable. I think that's a. I think that's a huge one. You know, I, trust me. I don't even know everything, and I'm still, I'm still learning about baseball. I've only, I've only pitched for, since my junior year of high school. Um, so, definitely be coachable. Be com- be comfortable being uncomfortable, and I think you're really going to see some things go pretty far for yourself. So, um, and just keep keep working, man. No matter what happens, keep working. Um, If you put in the work, good things will come. You play for George, Tracy, Randy, and now Shu. You got to be tough. You got to be competitive. And you have to be coachable. (laughs) I think you're a product of all of that, aren't you? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, Madison, this was just such a joy for me. I'm so glad when I reached out that that you responded back and you came on to Dodgers Daily. I've been wanting to talk to you all year. You know, the huge stuff. If you go to Dodgers Daily, Twitter, Instagram, or any of the social medias, I think you'll see how high I am on the stuff of Madison Jeffrey. It is there, and it is absolutely explosive. The mentality is there. Everything is there, and Madison Jeffrey, I assure you, here in the next year or two is going to really, really, really start turning heads in the game of baseball, especially with Dodgers fans. So, Madison, Thank you so much for joining Dodgers Daily. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it.